Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Hey, what's up? You're listening to So I Married a Movie Geek. I am one of these co-hosts for the show, Chrissy McQueen. Justin Winters is the co-host who's sitting to my right tonight. He's always the co-host, though, not just tonight. And if you've never heard our show before, Justin's my husband, and he's a movie geek, and I married him. And this is So I Married a Movie Geek. He, we get to watch movies that Justin usually uh, has seen that I haven't. But this week, we flipped it on its head. And this is a movie that neither of us have seen. Actually, both movies we have not seen. Not just me, but you too. There you go. You're nodding at me. Solid intro, Chris. Why Solid are you? intro. I swear to God. I swear to <laughs> Jesus. Wait, we should reboot what you originally were going to do. No. You do like a circus <laughs> opening. <laughs> For a split second. Ladies and gentlemen. But then you know what I realized of what I was going to, but then I thought I was like conflating a town crier with a ringmaster and it was it was just going to come out wrong. It was going to be like the British are coming to the circus of the show. Like it didn't make any sense. Again, solid intro. So this is the thing. So every week I do this intro and every single week I feel like Justin is like smugly watching me from the from the sidelines. <laughs> So I always get nervous. Doesn't matter how many years we've been doing this. A lot, by the way. Every single time I'm like, oh, smug Justin's watching me screw up this intro. So this week I really did screw it up. I and hate then, when you call me that. What? I'm smiling over here. I'm tired of this. I want to put on the Darth Vader mask. What if I put on the Darth Vader mask? Would you that make you more comfortable? Dar- yes. I'll be, I'll be over here like. <laughs> See, that's what I mean, though. And then I finish talking, but then you don't talk. And then I feel like I should keep talking. And then I look at you and then you go, solid intro, Chrissy. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, I'm being more, uh, a more supportive partner for your intro, Chrissy. How about you just do the intro? I don't like doing intros either. <laughs> I have to do them every other week without you. And they're always <laughs> like stilted and awkward and dumb. So it's not like I'm over here like... Mr. Intro. So then let's make like a poll. Maybe somebody can help us. This would be good. Should we just have like a like a standard intro that we just do like the same way every week? Should we, but should be like upbeat or something or like just like, hey, what's up? You know us. Are we the, the NPR ladies <laughs> from Saturday Night Live? Yes. You'll really enjoy my sweaty balls. <laughs> Hello. I have no idea. To so I Married a Movie Geek. There, again, NPR. I I am terrible at intros as well, so I'm just trying to be casually supportive over here, smiling, Let's and then that comes off as smug. So then I support. Then I said like I wasn't going to look at you, and then the last time I did that, you said I wasn't looking at you. Okay, fine. And, and now we're not even talking about movies anymore, guys. No, no. It's always about this intro and how we supposedly suck at it. So, so we, get ready. I apologize because, for that because next week it's going to be off the chain. Whatever we do, it's going to be amazing. I I mean, that's Chrissy saying that, guys, not me. Uh, <laughs> It'd be very energetic and loud. I like to aim low and then, you know. Hey, hey, vault over when they go low, bar. we go high. When they go low, we hit back harder. <laughs> somebody said that. That's like somebody else's slogan. Okay. Anyway, it's a big week, Chrissy. Yeah. Not only are we still working out our intro, two hundred and twenty <laughs> episodes in, whatever we're, we're we are, we're good podcasters. Uh, you decided, or we decided together, that this week you were going to pick the movies that we were going to watch. Well, you said, "Hey, you want to pick the movies?" and I said, "Sure." So, yes. So that's great. That's exciting, right? I mean, were you excited? So, how many, how many times can I say exciting? I'm both. Excited, and also every single time you suggest I pick Trepidatious because you make fun of me for a movie I picked in, I think, probably like 2010 called Feed the Fish, which was on Netflix, and I was just like, hey, look, Tony Shalhoub, I like Monk, let's watch this, and you have not let me live it down. 
you know what? I just like that it was Feed the Fish, and that was a moment in time <laughs> that we shared together that was very uh, strange and awkward. Again, going back to the awkwardness. So We have a very awkward relationship. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but it was just a strange movie for you to pick. Like, you know. I was put on the spot. You're given the range. You're like, look, this movie. I'm like, I've never even heard of this movie on Netflix. And like many movies on Netflix, you're like, why is this? So that's only it. I, I was excited to see what you picked. And then you end up picking two movies, of course, neither of us have ever seen. But before. I think I did a good job, to from, be honest from with you. From 2017. We picked The Greatest Showman. Yes. And also uh, Ingrid Goes West. Yes. Both those. Yes. And we watched both. So, Justin, I, before we get into the actual movies, I want to know, because I think you thought I was going to forget. You you looked at me about two days after you said this, and you're like, so you picked your movies? Totally expecting me to be like, oh, man, no, I forgot. But then I had them, and I was like, yeah, I want to watch these. What were your thoughts when I said the names of these two movies? What were my thoughts? Yeah. I was like, cool. I wanted to watch those movies anyway. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. At any point where I'm like, oh, not these movies. No, but you was did Was I say- like Chrissy and like, oh, are you sure? These movies? No, you said to me this. You went, well. Do we have to watch that tonight? You went, what, what's what's the common thread between these two movies? Is there a common thread? What's the theme? Is there a theme? And I'm like, uh, well, that, no. I think that's a, that's a relevant <laughs> question as well. I didn't know if there was one. The, and I tried I to invent could, one on the spot, but I couldn't. So then I said, no. <laughs> and, and you were I, like, and I okay. said, well, I guess the common thread is you want to watch these two movies. Yes. And I was like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Aww. I'm give you a thumbs up. Thanks. Uh, all right. Well, you want to talk about them? I do. That's what we do here, right? Supposedly. All right. Uh, let's start with The Greatest Showman. Yes. P.T. Barnum at your service. I'm putting together a show and I need a star. People will come from all over the world, and when they see you, they are gonna love you. No one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. The greatest showman. IMDb, here's what it says about The Grace Showman. Again, came out last year, 2017. It says, celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. That could be like anything. It that really could. could. <laughs> that tells me nothing, IMDb. <laughs> this was directed by Michael Gracie, uh, written by Jenny Bix and Bill Condon. Stars Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zac Efron, a bunch of peeps, a bunch a of, of talented people. peeps. Uh, what did you think of The Greatest Showman, Chrissy? Uh, I have a question real quick. What has this director done prior to this movie? I think this was his first one. Ah, that makes sense. So... Ah, uh, that makes sense. Go ahead. So this guy... Known for commercials, I think. Visual effects, mm-hmm. commercials... Yes. It felt like he's, he grew up with musical theater, is a musical theater fan, probably a big Hugh Jackman hosting award shows fan, and said, I want to get a musical movie greenlit with Hugh Jackman. And then he was so surprised that he got the money to do it and he got the green light that he just like, oh, you have a frog in my throat. He just like sat for a weekend and watched every Rob Marshall and Baz Luhrmann movie he could find and then said, done. I know what I'm making now. And then created this hodgepodge, semi-musical, semi-romantic comedy, semi-dramedy. This was a show though, right? This was a musical, right? Wasn't this on stage? I don't think so. It wasn't? Not that I know of. I, I mean, I might be wrong. This is your jam, Chrissy. I know. This is you move, so you, you just cho- chose this movie. You're like, what is this? I knew it was a musical. But I mean, I, if you're talking about a stage show, I don't know that it was a stage show. It might be. You can Google it. But what I'm getting at is that like, it didn't feel, it just feel like, it felt like a sampling of other people's work as opposed to something original and awesome and fabulous. 
okay, you're right, it wasn't. But now there's rumors that it might be. Well, okay. It has a great soundtrack. Okay. It has a great soundtrack. Hugh Jackman is amazing. Michelle Williams seems like she's a fish out of water, but she's also really great in pretty much anything she does. So even if this is Michelle Williams at her worst, it's still a lot of other people's best days. So there's that. Zac Efron can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, I'm sorry, he just can't. And then there's uh, Zendaya, who was good. So anyway, I just wish that it would have been a more original experience because we've been trying to bring back movie musicals now for a few years, and I feel like a lot of people have done a good job in this department. Not that this sets us back at all, but this doesn't do anything to raise the bar. This was a bit of a phenomenon when it came out last year, though, right? I don't know that it was. Not in my, my crowd. Really? No, not in my, my musical theater crowd. Hmm. It was like, oh, this came out. Oh, man, I wish it was a little bit better. It's serviceable. It's a serviceable movie musical. Do you want to hear my my thoughts? Uh, yeah. Like, so that th- Those are your comments coming from someone who's a huge movie musical fan yes and uh several times throughout this movie i thought of one of chrissy's favorite movie musicals moulin Moulin rouge Rouge. that's what i'm saying it's borrowing and it's Uh, not as good but this movie several times again i was thinking this is a bit too much yes like very over the top moulin rouge a lot of people said that about moulin rouge Mm -hmm. like it's a bit too much but this takes moulin rouge to the extreme like the there, it's frantic, yeah. Style like there's it, it. It races through. It's like an hour and forty five. I've got a word for you that it's I like up. an hour and forty five minute movie based on like a three hour actual Broadway musical, right? And everything is moving so fast. And this happened a couple times because I watched this with you in Brooklyn, our daughter. Mm-hmm. You guys would like start talking about, hey, what's going on? And miss like just like two minutes. A plot point, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there's at w- one point in this movie where Hugh Jackman playing P.T. Barnum and uh, his wife Michelle Williams, well, they're dating at the time. They're like dancing on a roof <laughs> with a bunch of sheets, like yeah, out. Which was a cool choreography sequence. That's fine. They're like dancing, having fun, and then all of a sudden, like she's pregnant, and then all of a sudden they have full grown kids within <laughs> like a. 45 seconds of footage. Yeah. And it's just so jarring how fast it moves that you're just like, whoa, like just hold on. I got you. So listen, it wants to be be whimsical. It wants to be fantastic. But in its frenetic pace, it comes across as frantastic. That's the best word I could think to describe it. And it doesn't exist, but it's a word I created just for this movie. Like I didn't watch it in theaters because I was like, uh, and then I heard a lot of people loved it. And then a lot of people hated it. So I was like, oh, which side am I going to be on? And then I watched it, and the biggest problem is, like I said, it's just way too frantic and everywhere, and it's like... The the soundtrack is by far the best thing. It's basically just a reason to have a soundtrack, and then they tried to like piece together things around that. Like, in Moulin Rouge, the soundtrack is great, but the story around the soundtrack, you're like, oh, you're oh, invested. Moulin while, Rouge breaks my heart. While throughout this... Every time. Well, throughout this movie... We'll get to like the actual like history behind like what this movie's based on. But throughout this movie, you're just like being herded like yes. a roller coaster throughout all the story parts. It's so quick that you're like you can't really grasp onto anything except for like really heavy handed themes that they like bring out at like yes. really weird times, sometimes comical times. Like there's <laughs> <laughs> It is accidentally I'm, I'm comedic of, a lot. I'm thinking of the Tom Thumb character that they put as Napoleon on like a what was he on? Like like a horse? A horse? <laughs> like a frantic yeah. horse? Like I really I was like, man, I feel for his safety. Anyway, <laughs> so frantic, just you, there's like no story there to even like grasp onto. I mean Hugh Jackman is obviously a so great, great, a great showman in real life. Yeah, he's a great entertainer, and I think like I thought he did a great job. Yes, you know he did the best he could with what he had to work with for sure. Um, in, in terms of acting, I think a lot, of, a lot of them. The uh, Michelle Williams was weird. I, I did uh, miscast. Miscast. She was miscast. Oh, <sighs> I love Michelle Williams. She was just miscast, and that's what I meant earlier about like. Even on her worst day, she's still great, but this was just not her role. So the biggest problem, and it made it an awkward sit, is P.T. Barnum was like 
a racist asshole. Yeah. Like, so knowing that beforehand, like if you don't know that and you watch this movie, he comes off like at some points he comes off as douchey, douchey. But in the end, he's kind of like, yay, sympathetic. We blend all sorts of people together and we put them on stage because this is humanity. Like the, at no point is there a song that's like exploiting people and animals is my thing, <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or what was that saying? Like, uh, there's a sucker born every minute. Wasn't yeah. that attributed to him? Yes. But then it was like not him. Anyway, yeah. everyone attributes that to him. And he, there's some of that in this movie. Exploitation. Yeah. No, but no. The, the just the whole fact that this movie exists and it exalts him throughout most of it, yep. even though he was a racist asshole, even though he was like one of the progenitors of exploiting animals for entertainment. I just, I just felt like kind of icky watching it. So I tried so hard to put that aside. And the aside. songs are so good. Like, yeah, I know. Put the songs in. The, literally, a lot of the songs could be anyone who has like agree. really succeeded, even though they faced adversity. Why did it have to be P.T. Barnum? I tried to put that aside sometimes because Hugh Jackman. And then every so often, he would do something horribly douchey, racist, sexist um, uh, against animals. Like, for instance... Hey, all the weird, according to him, not my words, his people like you can't come to the party. You have to go stay on this side. And there's a really like he rides an elephant to his daughter's dance recital. That's weird. That's like super douchey. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just beat this elephant to get here for your whatever. What was going on there? I don't know. That's another problem. If you are one of those <laughs> people know. that want to know, like have questions about things yeah. going on, things on screen. Which I is, always do. This is not the movie for you. <laughs> so, the, yeah. So I'm glad to hear that we're kind of on the same page. Like some of it is unintentionally funny. It's watchable. It's not a bad movie but it just does nothing to raise the bar for movie musicals it a lot of it is fantastic it borrows heavily from rob marshall and baz lerman and not in a good way that is cohesive or that makes it an original experience but let's talk about this whole like weird thematic like pretzel this movie goes so we already talked about like he's you know he was a racist he had that weird what was that weird so he Again, I it's been a while since I've read up on on PT Barnum, but he Same. was the guy who basically in his beginnings, like in this movie, it backs he's like a kid and he throughout this movie it's like, "Ah, oh, I'm good at a, like I'm just like a good entertainer and I'm good, I'm inventive and that's how I became famous." Anyway, he at one point found this other dude who was saying this woman was like the 160-year-old uh, ex-maid of George Washington or something like that. Oh. Anyway, okay. this guy that was like, she's 160 years old and she was the maid or whatever for George Washington. Come see her. And so P.T. Barnum was like, oh, that's great. That'll be a way to get people to my my show, whatever. So he like did this thing where he like a leasing deal of this woman. And this was in like Jersey or whatever, where slavery wasn't even a thing. Anyway, he leased this woman. And like, that was one of the big first things that got him really famous and stuff was that he had the 168. Again, it was bullshit because that was his thing. Right. But then later on when she died, he had a live autopsy of her body where he had people come and pay and watch this. And then they're like, she was actually just 70 or 80 years old. She's not 160 like we thought. So. I'm suddenly feeling very saucy, like that theater critic who had apparently no joy in the theater. That's not the, anyway. That's crazy. I use, but stuff like that, you know, and then of course we're big animal supporters. Of course. Uh, I've never been We're vegetarian to a, I've never, slash vegan. I've never been to a circus we'll, with you. No, R.I.P. Barnum Bailey. Yeah. We're, I love that this came out no. last year and that's also the year that the circus died. Yeah, basically. We don't go to the zoo. Like, we're those people for sure. Uh, we have been to a zoo before. I have not. We went in Oregon with our friends. Remember that? Alexis oh, before them. we had kids. Yeah. yeah. Weren't we like brand new vegetarian at that point? <laughs> 
think we were. I digress. Not since then. There's no beating of animals in this movie. That's we sad. did go with Lex and Jason though, and it was fun. Um, I don't know. Like I said, and then the subplot was Zac Efron and Zendaya, and that whole that racism, was weird racism thing. Just the fact, like I said, if you didn't know some of the past of P.T. Barnum, it'd be like, oh, okay. Can we but talk then, a, for a second do, about like, oh, Zac Efron weird. and Zendaya, by the way? Very attractive young people. They're very attractive people with, I felt, not a lot of chemistry between them. Like, I, there was, we, we, we talked about Mulan Rouge earlier, so I want to bring it back there for a minute. I felt, and I've always felt, when you watch Mulan Rouge, it's an amazing spark between Christian and Satine. Like you, you don't just root for them because you enjoy the characters and the stories moving along nicely. Like there's an undeniable chemistry. Well, there was no time for chemistry in this movie. There was, there just wasn't, it wasn't there between Zendaya and, like he had a, he had like a pretty good introduction and the, you know, into the movie. Right. She just like, just like showed up out of the, yes. No, no. What happened was she was like in the background for a long portion of the movie. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, by the way, this is who this person is. Yeah. And so there was no like, you you didn't know no. her. They had that one song together where she was on the trapeze and he joins her and that was good enough, but like that was it. That was the, their one big thing. The most chemistry in this movie was Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman. I agree. I mean Hugh Jackman and Michelle Williams, there was nothing there. No. But like I I mean, it did no one any favors if they were trying to create chemistry within this movie because, you know, everything was being Everything went so fast that there's no time for it. But chemistry is so important. I find that if if we're talking about the romance side of it, I don't know how you get invested in the outcome of what happens to these people if they don't have chemistry between each other. Like at this, when it didn't work out initially between them, I'm like, oh, that's a shame. Sacafron's choosing to be a racist dick right now. Well, who else can Zendaya end up with? Like I was shopping for her because I didn't feel any real connection between them. I just thought, like, oh man, sorry that he turned out to be a dick. Who else? And then this whole, like, I'm going to exploit people who are different from others, but in this movie, it's like, no, you should celebrate your, you know, your uniqueness by having me exploit you. Yeah. This is me. (laughs) Exploited on stage for a profit that I never get to see. (laughs) Is that just me? Like, is that weird? It's a muddied message for sure. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's super muddied. give me the songs, and I'll just (laughs) say that these songs are part of... Of a you know a movie about a better person from history, <laughs> and uh, I'm cool with it. I want. I don't drunk, need to watch this movie more than once. I want a drunk history with you leading the charge on P. T. Barnum. You seem to know a lot about the dude. <laughs> I don't know a lot about P. T. I really want one with you in it. Uh, th- I wonder if there has been one already. I don't know. We can check. We've got like a bunch of them on our DVR. We it's do. We have entirely a lot. Possible. I know. The best part, by the way, can I just tell you my favorite part was watching, you said with Brooklyn, who just turned six, by the way, happy belated to Brookie, and certain times, just her commentary cracks me up. She would turn to me and she'd be like, is it almost over? I'm like, no, not yet. Or they'd be dancing and singing and she'd be like, so so what's going on? And I'm like, they're doing a song. She's like, but why? Why do they just start singing? Yeah, this is one of those movies. If yeah. you don't like those musicals where they just start singing out of nowhere. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. this no movie setup. tries to be one of those like, I'm singing what I'm thinking, you know. An opera. Exactly. An opera, yeah. But then they spin and they're like in different rooms and yeah. show up. Oh, or, again, or she would say like, I sang this at my school show. Me. By the way, speaking of opera, do you know what really, I guess it's a technical thing. Tell me if I misheard because that's possible, but assuming I didn't. What really pissed me off was when they got English or Irish Jenny Lind to come to America to sing. And they billed her as this world-famous opera singer. Opera singer. And then she gets up on stage and sings some sort of pop ballad. And Is I'm that like, what that was? A pop ballad? Yeah, basically. Hmm. But I, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. I was, I was really fully expecting and like lusting for some opera. Especially after how they build her, and then or that wasn't I was like, even, what happened? and that wasn't even her voice. That was a oh, it was a voiceover artist, a voiceover artist. Oh boy! So again, P.T. Barnum's bullshit. That was bullshit. The fact that they had the um, Tom Thumb guy walk on his knees for portions because he oh, boy. He, he still wasn't short enough. That's kind of bullshit. Uh, the racism and you know all that stuff. Yep. 
Yup. By the way, I just looked her up. Joanna Maria Jenny Lind was a Swedish opera singer, often known as the Swedish Nightingale. So, why wasn't she singing opera? I would like to know. Too slow. <laughs> I just too slow for the Grey Showman. I don't know. I don't know. She's supposed to be a soprano. I digress. Um, what else? Are we missing anything? Like I said, overall, overall soundtrack like songs yes um i appreciate that the actors seem to give their greatest efforts yes like definitely all, watch like, it like all the songs and dancing i liked it's just everything around it and like the weird you know also by the way did you ever feel like you didn't know what year was supposed to take place going, on. going back to moulinners for a minute we all knew that that was like 1867 18 you know around that time oh yeah um because well not only that so we don't know what time like the time that's periods, what i'm getting at i'm like but then people like come and go with like 50 years between them and look yes. the same the, 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 thank you so that's what i was gonna say i was like when Miller's like you knew it took place michelle in the 1800s William, but michelle it had an williams, overlay of modern music michelle williams character's dad yeah this one it? has a modern <laughs> an overlay of modern music so same shtick but you never ever are given like it might be i was like 19 i was guessing i'm like 1929 no 1884 when did bt bar and i didn't even know because michelle williams had hair like she just stepped out of fantastic sam's meanwhile i'm up here just like shh just go with it I, it was bothering me just it was super it. i'm like they're okay victorian victorian the dresses are victorian that, okay where are we <laughs> i don't know i wish it would have been i don't know you don't know you're having to, a hard time i was trying to i was trying to think how i would have made it better i was like i wouldn't have done it about pt Barnum. <laughs> I know you keep wanting to change the central character. By the way, would you like to know uh, for for a, for a movie that's like I don't know for a movie that's like the whole theme is supposed to be let let your freak flag fly. It's kind of just like eh. So like so just white. so you know, real PT Barnum was married to Charity from eighteen twenty nine to eighteen seventy three. So like early eighteen hundreds, man. Uh, and then I don't know if she died or they got divorced, but then he remarried in 1874 and stayed married again till he died in 1891. So where are we going with what? So he's been married twice. That's what you're saying. He was married twice. And this was uh, over the course of um, the early to mid 1800s. You know that he was like getting some on the road and stuff. Apparently it was a it was a it was a hard thing for her to swallow. You give me that face. <laughs> anyway, anything else you have to say about Grey's Showman? Would you watch it again? Would you recommend it? If it's on HBO, I, I would watch it again in passing. It's one of those that because it's so fre- um, frenetic that you kind of feel like you want to catch certain things over again. I wouldn't spend a second two-hour block of my life watching it when I really could just watch Moulin Rouge again, and that would make me happier. Here's here's what you do. Segment the actual performances, songs, onto like a playlist on YouTube. Oh, and, and then you're probably, good. That's probably the best way to watch I this totally movie. I totally agree with that. That's great. Um, I'm on board. Otherwise, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I watched it, but still, still a little weird for me. I'd probably give it like a... Oh, C minus C C minus. I'd go with the C plus. Yeah, like I said, um, I'm I'm happy that there's a any musical that's out there. I'm just happy there's a musical out there. Same. This one is just you know kind of weird for me. Yeah, I just wish it had been better. That's all. Cool. Yeah. All right. Should Moving we go on. on. Moving on to the next movie. Yes. What's what's that? Hold on. What's that one called? Ingrid goes west. The couple that yogas together stays together. Prayer hands emoji. A perfect day for a perfect wedding. Hashtag perfect. Happy to be sharing this day with all my favorite humans. Hashtag blessed. Is this real? Hashtag no filter. A perfect day for a perfect wedding. Yep, that's how we roll. Ingrid. Congratulations. Logline, an unhinged social media stalker moves to L.A. and insinuates herself into the life of an Instagram star. This one's directed by Matt Spicer, 
written by David Branson Smith and Matt Spicer, stars Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Wyatt Russell, Billy Magnuson, Chrissy. Yeah. What do you think about Ingrid Goes West? I just loved when I first told you that this was going to be the movie and you looked at me like, what? And then when I said it again, you were like, oh, 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 the the Aubrey Plaza movie. And I went, yeah. And you're like, okay. Like, you seem very unsure about it. <laughs> and I swear to God, within the first two to five minutes tops of the movie, I was like, I felt like doing a fist bump in the air, like made the right choice. We're sitting together and we're laughing and... The setup of this movie is fantastic. It's this social outcast from uh, somewhere somewhere east of here. We don't know where. And she she crashes her friend. I'm putting that in air quotes because we don't know if they were really ever really friends. Her friend's wedding and pepper sprays her in the face. It's like, thanks for not inviting me, you fucking bitch. And we're like, what the hell? And it cuts to the titles. <laughs> and then after the title, she's in like a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> uh. Like, what did we just step into? This is amazing. So so she moves to L.A. after her mom dies on only $60,000. Like, that's her entire... Her, not, I don't mean to say only. That's a lot of money. But she's like, yes, I'm going to move and make all my dreams come true in Los Angeles on this this <laughs> this fortune I have of sixty grand. And she rents a, a little one-bedroom in Santa Monica from Ice Cube's son. And... She's going to go through the whole plot. Well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> don't spoil it. I, I mean, I just want to... I, hold on. And the whole reason she's doing this is because she fell in, like, not lesbian love, but, like, lady best friend love with this with Elizabeth Olsen, this Instagram girl. Holy shit, Justin. To watch her very quickly devolve into this stalkerazzi persona, it is... I, I don't even have words. It is so captivating and so scary and so entertaining. This movie is fucking awesome. It just is. Okay, guys, you ready for this? Yeah. Chrissy's totally right. Yay! All right, so here's why this is my jam. You ready for it? Uh Uh-huh. Three words. Single white female. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows I like some single white female. I bring it up a lot. Christy? Yeah. We established you've never seen single white female, right? We have established that. Dang it. We got to watch single white female. We should have. We should so, put these together. So, guys, number one, Ingrid Goes West. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Because, number one, it's a badass movie. Number two, it's it's very a movie of the now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't know if it's going to play as well in like five years, ten years, as it does now. I agree. Does that make sense? It's so timely. Uh, no. So, also... Um, great character piece, and it basically just rests on uh, Aubrey Plaza is amazing. She's so good. So if you like weird, like if you don't like weird Aubrey Plaza, you probably won't like this. But if you (laughs) like weird Aubrey Plaza, um, you'll probably love this movie. So I would say the biggest reasons to watch it are Aubrey Plaza and O'Shea Jackson Jr., Mm -hmm. who again is Ice Cube's, in my eyes, more talented younger son. So I agree. Uh, the two of them in this movie, um, it's just not like I could see another version of this movie that's very like on the nose and like boring, typical. And this movie's like the weird, fucked up single white female version of that right. movie. So that's why I liked it. Do you know um, what? Do you know what else? Justin? Very funny. I don't what? know if you you agree with this. Tell me if this is part of the reasons why you liked it. Did you find that it was relatable? Um. I was like, <laughs> I, I definitely, definitely, like, I'm still new to Instagram. I just started using it this year. Yeah. Uh, so using Instagram, I was like, oh, okay, but I'm definitely not, I've never like obsessed over Instagram as much as sure. some of the people in this movie. Yeah. But um, I found O.J. Jackson Jr.'s character pretty relatable. Like, he's really into Batman. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> She's like, you're coming to this party and don't talk about Batman. I just seemed really like, like, I don't even know these people. What am I going to talk about? He's very funny and, and relatable and real. Yeah. Like I've only, he was in that straight out of Compton movie. He played Ice Cube in yeah, that movie. Yeah, he did. And this is only the second movie other than that I've ever seen him in. And I'm like, dude, this guy's really got some real uh, movie star charisma. So. Right. The, and the two of them together, like there's a like a, 
uh, romantic sex scene in this movie that sure. Chrissy and I were like dying laughing during. <laughs> like I was like, okay, something like this is is our jam. Yeah, I like it a lot. So I don't know. It was it was uh, miles more entertaining to me than Great Showman. So I agree. This when we watched this first, so it was kind of like, oh man, now we're going downhill with Great Showman. It also had one of Chrissy's favorite things ever about a movie. It takes place in L.A. LA. So many times, I'm like, I know where that is. But but beyond the the landmark thing that you know I love to do, do you know what Justin? The first fifteen minutes or so, maybe up to twenty or thirty, I was like, there has never been a more two thousand eighteen L A movie than there is in this movie right here. They so perfectly nailed down the eccentricities of living in Los Angeles and being in your you know twenties and thirties like these stupid boutiques that have like a lamp for $1,300. The, the, our favorite, set, the our favorite, set up to Cafe Gratitude. Favorite restaurant, Cafe Gratitude. Uh, the question of the day is... You gotta expl- <laughs> so there's a, there's a restaurant here in LA. They got several locations, but they're very crunchy. And Food's good though. The food is good, if a bit overpriced, yeah, um, but healthy. Anyway, they have this thing where, they, where you come in... Uh, at the, whether you're sitting at the table or you're like, even when you're like picking up food, because one time I was like, oh man, I don't, I can get out of this by just getting takeout. Nope. <laughs> they like ask you like a question of the day. There's a question of the day. Like you're really put on the spot. And every menu item, like let's say you wanted a falafel bowl. It's not called falafel bowl. It's called... I am grateful. I am grateful. And so when you order, you, you have to say... What are you I, grateful for? I am great. No, no, no. You say I am grateful, and the waiter or waitress always says, "You are grateful." Like they they validate whatever you no, say. No, but they also ask you a question. That's like, the question what, of the day. That's different. Like sometimes it's like you know, blah blah blah. Anyway. No, that's different. They go Linda Richmond on you. So after they like validate your choices, and you're like, "I am," you are grateful, or like you are beautiful. <laughs> it's kind of then like the, they go. It's kind of like the hippie. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. <laughs> Discuss, and then they walk no, away. I don't say something like that. <laughs> I was close. about to say it's kind of like a hippie soup Nazi from Seinfeld. <laughs> like I get really like anxiety about it, and they're like, you know, you're put on the spot, right? But everything was so perfect. From from I just act like I don't hear them, and I just grab my quinoa bowl and run. right from like the stupid expensive things in boutiques to the type of person who walks around in their floppy hat but they're very expensive like romper with high heels to the $2,900 one bedroom apartment oh my god it was so That's spot what you get on for living in venice i guess oh my god and then they're like let's go to j tree on the weekend that was also uh on the Boy. dl one of my favorite parts about this movie is Obviously, you know, I didn't grow up here. I had to save a lot of money to, to move out here. Yeah. I donated a lot of plasma. <laughs> worked at a kid's camp for summer just so I could move out here to LA yeah. from Podunk, North Carolina. Anyway. The kids have no idea how lucky they are. So she, her her mom has died at the start of this movie. And yeah. she's really depressed. And that's how she kind of latches onto this Instagram celebrity character. Anyway, she gets money. From her mom's death. That's what I said earlier. How much? Sixty grand. Was it sixty grand? Yeah. Just the fa- just the ways that she doles out this. Christy and I are like, she definitely doesn't have any money left. Like several times. Oh my god! Every time she showed up in a new outfit at Elizabeth Olsen's house, I'm like, she has no money left. I know how much these things cost. Look at her purse. Like, there's no way she's pit- sh- selling out, th- shelling out three grand a month in rent. She had to pay for what's his face's Ice Cube son's <laughs> truck to be fixed. It was he said it was nine grand. Yeah, no way. And then she buys a house in Joshua Tree at, at the end of all that. I'm like, how much was this house? Like ten thousand dollars? Yeah, I don't know. You're like minting it. <laughs> See if I have mint. No. You mean Redfin? No mint. Where you're like budgeting out. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, like I said, if I had to think of negatives, gosh, it's hard to be honest with you. Uh, the, the end, maybe. So the end is good. Yeah, I just I was hoping for great. Same. And I I I was trying to think of how I would have made it great. Um, I don't like. We usually often spoil things, but I don't want to give away the ending because it's so out there. Yeah. But something happens where, you know, shit gets real, like really serious. Yeah. And how it ends up with with some characters, I'm like, 
really? Like, again, I'm just like nitpicking about <laughs> real life events and stuff. I know. Billy Magnuson, very good in this as well. He's always good. Uh, Chrissy saw some of him in Game Night last night. I want to watch the rest of that. We that watched, was good. We watched the beginning. of Anyway, he's great in this. As well, Elizabeth Olsen, she's good. She's good at this. This particular character is one I have a feeling she's known her whole life because you know yeah, her, this her is not much of been a, very famous. A stretch, yeah. Uh, but I, I will say it is is interesting to see, um, and we all know this intellectually that everybody leads a very curated life on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but to see, you know, the things that she says like are her favorite things, and she and her her husband outs her at one point. It's like she's never even read that book. She never even read it. Or, you know, to get the perfect picture in front of the sign in Joshua Tree, she makes the guy literally lay in the dirt. <laughs> That's a good scene. <laughs> to take it. So, you know, it's funny, though, because it's not at all hyperbolic. It is 100% true. And I've known chicks like her who who are like that. And Ooh, Insta-shade. I'm not giving any Insta-shade. My, I'm not giving any uh, hints as to who they might be or who they ever were. But it is spot on. And they're not bad people. They're, they're really not. They're ju- and they're not even fame whores. It's just like, this is life now. This is how people curate their lives for show. This is everybody. Whoa. 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 Yeah. I'm still new at Instagram. I'm about as good as Instagram as I... As, as good as I am at opening a show. Same. With an opening. Same. Chrissy, remember when you said that you're going to like... Start our show Instagram. And you're I like did start the show it. Instagram. <laughs> I did. I started it. Chrissy <laughs> started it, and then she wouldn't add anything to it. Well, to be honest with you, you don't give yourself enough credit. I think you've done a pretty good job with with the Instagram, and also you're really into stories, which I am actually not really into, and a lot of people are. So you're not I think into they, stories. I'm not. I've never gotten into it. I've tried a few times, and I, and I get into it for like a day, and then that's it. Hmm. So you're so you're a leg up on me, even though I've been on Instagram longer than you, because I'm more into the long form feed, and you're into the the stories, which are a bigger thing now. Interesting. I don't like the ephemerality of it all. I like things that I can revisit. I don't like things that expire so quickly that if I missed it, I'll never see it again. Well, after watching this movie, you know, you, you think twice about putting stuff up there. I mean, I guess so. You can have an Ingrid out there, true, single white female in true. you, true, right? What do you think? Yeah. It's, so Wyatt Russell, <laughs> Wyatt Russell, who plays um, her husband, Elizabeth Olsen's Elizabeth husband. Olsen's husband is Kurt Russell's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son right. in real life. Anyway, his character in this movie is one of those guys that's like, I don't use social media. He reminded me so much of somebody we know in real life. Like, and he, I even said it to you. Our person point. in real life uses social media. Yes, but everything else that was pretty spot on to this person, like L.A., but not L.A. Like, do you know anybody with, holding in LA, L.A. at you know, arm's distance? Do you know anybody in L.A. who doesn't use social media? Yes, you do. Yes, who? Somebody we know. Somebody um, I know. Somebody you know. Um, like, I don't. I don't know anybody like that. But. That's not like I don't I'm, think you know them. It's not like I'm. I'm definitely not into this scene of people either. I've no. I've you know what? Again, there, there's I'm a more higher portion. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Right. No, I do know a couple that have never Batman, used it. I do know a couple Batman that have friends. never used it. But I think what's more common are people who, you know, have you ever seen that funny video where they're like, "I'm leaving Facebook." They make the big announcement. <laughs> have you seen the send up of that? It's really funny. I'll show it to you if you haven't. But. It, they they say that they're you know make a big deal out of leaving. I'm leaving, and then they leave, and then that's it. Don't you thought? Don't you think that if I left Facebook, I'd probably get a lot more calls from like family members, like probably. where are you? Probably. What are you doing? But you don't post very often on Facebook anyway. You're on Twitter and on Instagram now much more than you are on Facebook. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I'm I can't down escape on all Facebook. of them lately. I I I tend to use Facebook more than the others only because that's where all like my mama friends are. It's so telling too. Oh, this, your mama friends. Well, this huh? is this is like the age group. But it's funny because people go, we can guess your age based on what platform you use the most. And you're like Facebook. And they're like, you are in your 30s to 50s, loser. And I'm like, probably true. But it's true. Like that's where all my, my people who are my age 
are people who I actually care about and went to high school with and now have kids and people who I know in real life with kids. It's like, it's that stuff. I just feel like the the latest, like the last year, the algorithm has just like yeah. weirded out Facebook in a way. That's true. It's not as good as it once was. It's just problems with all of them. Right, exactly. And the thing about Instagram though is that like to be honest with you and no offense to anybody I follow on Instagram, we are all fabulous and I love you each. Follow us on Instagram. Yay! But when I go through my feed like it's just so and I and this goes back to the movie it's so fucking curated to a fault. It's like Oh, cool sign, cool sky, cool waterfall, cool vacation picture, whatever. Like, it's a lot of that. Nice butt. Yes. I've seen your butt, everyone. <laughs> Looks good. That stronger you really worked out. I don't know. I Like I said, I'm still new. I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. You're doing well. I'm that gift with the... The dog in space. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you seen that one? No. No. Okay. <laughs> what else about Ingrid Goes West? Have we talked it to death? I think we have. Other than saying that everyone should watch it, it's really good. Yeah. This is, like Justin said, this is one we don't want to give too much away because just seeing it is uh, a unique and wonderful and also uncomfortable experience. Does it uh, minimize mental illness, Chrissy? No, not by 2018 standards. I think that it shows the ugly side Mm -hmm. of mental illness. And then the ending, as much as we were like, meh, about the ending, it shows how very quickly mental illness is just brushed aside because of our culture of, you know, wanting to be one of us, one of us all the time. I don't want to give it away. It's hard to explain again, but... Yeah, so it doesn't minimize it. It just, I think it gives an accurate picture of how it's treated now. Um, I don't think this movie made a lot of money. Um, oh, man. But I would love to see a, a sequel to this movie to see where Ingrid goes after this movie. <laughs> I thought of that, too. <laughs> I was like, there's no room for a sequel for this, is there? But I really want one. Oh, no. the You know, with that ending. I was no. like, oh, man. So. Um, what would you give this movie, Chris? A minus. A minus. You know what? Huh. A minus. A B plus, probably. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Thank you for making me watch it, Chris. You're welcome. Thanks this, for letting me pick. This and Greatest Showman. I While I probably, well, not probably, definitely won't see Greatest Showman again. Yeah. I'm down with listening to the soundtrack, of course. I would see Ingrid Goes West again. I thought it was really good. I, I We have the DVD somewhere. We do have the DVD somewhere. We should We should put it in again. You should let me pick more movies. Just want to put that out there. I think I'm good at this. I've been very light on you lately, Chris. I've been doing newer movies. I yeah. let you pick movies. I'm not putting down your choices. I'm saying you should let me pick more often. This was a good choice. Well, again, it's been all about you lately. You know what's coming up, though? But you enjoyed it. You know what's coming up, though? <laughs> what? It's almost October. Oh, no. I'm so excited. Does this mean I get to pick all of September's movies? <laughs> that would be great. Don't you wish sometimes that we were an all horror uh, movie podcast? No. All scary movies all the time? No. I kind of wish that we were. Justin, don't you wish we were I all rom-coms all the time like the cutaways? Because I'd be on board with that. I want to see um, Crazy Rich Asians. I do want to see that as well. I've heard it's really good. I don't know. I just find it harder to talk about... Um, comedies and stuff you know i th- I find that's the hardest genre to talk about because you're like okay you know what, you know what joke was really good this joke you know yeah. maybe it's just me I maybe i'm it. just saying the cutaways do it better they do a great job i don't mind doing rom-coms and stuff true i just don't think that that's uh like i said i consider the like you know weird movies uh <laughs> horror movies genre movies more interesting to talk about and stuff and i just like to talk about stuff with you chris Um, by the way uh congratulations goes out to drew hallam for winning our the first round of our 80s fantasy movie draft tournament that was neck and neck true tip of the hat to you took the 1980 uh round himself 
just narrowly beating out Paul. Always the bridesmaid. <laughs> Only once the bride. Paul from the countdown. Drew, I got nothing love but love for you, but Paul, I was rooting for you. Uh, I mean, I was he. I thought Paul was going to win with that Empire Strikes Back Superman two combo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was pretty strong. So I don't know. I thought Drew it was pulled great. it out. I thought it was great. There was like a huge number of poll votes for that one. A lot of downloads. So getting the tournament started off right. Yeah. Um. Next week, so we're 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 starting off quick with the tournament. We're doing two years in one month here. Um, so we've got 1981 coming up next week, mm-hmm. and we've got again two vets of the the draft taking on two newbies for the best of 1981. One of Chrissy's favorite years, I'm sure. I wasn't born yet. Exactly, exactly. That's cool. So I'm excited, uh, excited to see how how that goes, Chrissy. Yeah. If someone's listening to us right now. They found us once, but if they had to find us again <laughs> or in other places on the internets, where would they find us? Uh, Apple Podcasts is always a great choice. Also, SoundCloud, Podbean. Apparently, we're back on Stitcher. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> so, you can't see my face right now, but it's like really surprised face. <laughs> he looks like Chris Pratt in um, Parks and Rec with that gif. Anyone who's listened to us for a while, especially in the last... What has it been? Like nine nine months? I don't know. A lot a lot of months is what we're <laughs> saying. Uh, so at one point, Stitcher just start, stopped posting us. And I had to go back and forth with them why it wasn't working. And they kept blaming me on us. And I was like, nope, it's, it's working on our end. Anyway, I'd given up on them. And we'd start saying, we started saying fuck them for a long time. Yeah. And then just out of the blue, like a couple weeks ago or whatever, somebody's like, hey, you're back on Stitcher. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> And I was like, what? So You're back. Who back, knew? We're back on Stitcher as well. We are. And we're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Movie Geek Cast. Yeah. Come be our Ingrids. You can. You can also email us because that's a little less stalkery uh, at moviegeekcast at gmail.com. And if you're really, really cool with us and like to listen every week and you've yeah. never given us an Apple podcast rating and review. Yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, that would be awesome. You could school us on intros too. That we'd appreciate it. Oh my god! If you're like an intro, like champion wizard, wizard, <laughs> an intro wizard, the Gandalf of of intros, <laughs> please contact us on any of our social media feeds. Yep, oh, that'd be amazing. We're willing to learn. <laughs> or like the Miyagi of intros. I, I know. I, like, I I want the Gandalf one. <laughs> That's somehow better. Wash my car. <laughs> um yeah like we're saying we're, we're not perfect but we're willing to learn yes we are um other than that chrissy it's been fun it's been real it's been real fun what a- and we will catch everybody next week thanks for listening Shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.